With more than 4 million sellers on Etsy, how can creative entrepreneurs like yourself stand out from the masses and sell more of your handmade goods without wasting hours on social media? That is the big question, and this podcast is the answer, where you will learn insider tips and proven strategies on how to turn your Etsy side hustle into a full-time business, giving you the freedom to be your own boss, have time with family, and more time to create. Hi, my name is Jenny Hall, and you're listening to the Handmade Sellers Podcast. Let's do this. guest with me and I am going to let her introduce herself. Go ahead, Casey. Hi, I'm Casey Coltrane. I'm the owner of Les Fleurs Interiors. I'm a handmade seller as well on Etsy and I've been working with Jenny for a couple years. Yes. Okay. And I wanted to bring Casey on today because I just want to hear her whole story. I think so many of you will be inspired by this. And so we're just going to dive right in. So, all right, Casey, when did you get started doing what you're doing? Like, how did this happen, making these interior decorations? Yeah, so I specialize kind of in faux floral decor, if we're trying to sum it up in maybe one sentence, but I also do interior decoration as well. Um, It first started for me when I graduated college five years ago. I was applying for jobs and didn't have really anything to do. I was working part-time at the Capitol here in Austin, and someone had given me a $150 gift card to Hobby Lobby as a graduation gift. I think it was like one of my mom's coworkers or relative, and I didn't know, I wasn't super crafty at that time, didn't really know what to do. So I wanted a wreath, but Hobby Lobby didn't have at that time any like pre-made wreaths or I didn't like them. So I was like, I'm just going to buy a bunch of stuff and make my own. So that's what I did. And one Saturday morning, I just made a wreath with all this stuff on the gift card and I hung it on my apartment door. And at the time I was living in like an enclosed apartment building where everyone's doors were facing in hallways. So that same afternoon, I had three people knock on our front door asking where I purchased this wreath from and I answered and was like oh no like I I just made it this morning and they're like oh could I like could I pay you to make one for me and I was like for sure so I did that and the third person that I had made a wreath for in my apartment complex was like hey have you ever heard of Etsy and I was like no I have no idea what that is at all so she explained it's for handmade sellers and so that week I was like cool I'm not doing anything with my life because I'm still applying for jobs so (laughs) and I worked like two days a week at the Capitol for like three hours So I was like, I'm just going to make a bunch of wreaths. So I just took a credit card and went to Michael's and had all their spring stuff like discounted, bought probably $500 of the stuff, made 10 or 15 wreaths, sold out all of them before the end of the month, like in two weeks. Holy cow. That's that's incredible. Okay. Wow. You started (laughs) business in a day and you got three customers your first day. Yeah, wild. So I don't really know. There there was no idea behind it. It kind of just happened to me. <laughs> That's fantastic because it's kind of like there was no stress behind it. It was like, hey, you did no. this for fun. And oh my God, people like this. I can totally make money That's- off of this. And he- That's still my approach is I'm just going to wake up and figure out what I'm going to do every day. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. You've never heard of Etsy. And then you put your things on there and you sold them. No, I really didn't know. That's incredible. Okay. So. Yeah. And it was, all, it was all random people, too. And then I've sold a wreath, ironically, to the first Etsy customer I've ever had. We do not know each other, but every year since. So, like. Oh, it's cool. like that person came back? Yeah, every year she buys a different wreath from me. And she has no idea she's my first customer. That's incredible. Did she message me? I want to tell her, but I feel like it's random. <laughs> 
Yeah, I need to. I always do handwritten cards in all my packages, but at one time I just kind of want to tell her. <laughs> yes, she would love that. I bet, you know, for you to remember that and when her name comes up every year, be like, yeah. oh my God, this That's is the sixth year you bought for me, true. you know, next season. Uh huh. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. That is just so cool. Okay, so. I was going to say, so once you actually listed your items on Etsy, how quickly did you get a sale? It was about three weeks, I think, after the fact. I just posted it and just followed, like, a couple YouTube tutorials of, like, SEO. Like, I didn't know anything about it, didn't know how to title it, but I don't know. I just winged it. And I was like, if it doesn't work out, like, at least I'm doing this and between, like, applying for jobs. So that was, like, the beginning of April. And by the end of April, I had sold, like, the 10 that I had made, like, my starter wreaths. So... Yeah, that's amazing. Were you profitable back then? I mean, I paid off, like, put into it, but I wasn't really keeping track of it at the time. It really was just a hobby until I found a job, because that was my agenda at the time, was to try to just find an office job. I had just gotten a college degree and was trying to use that for, you know, a reason. And it wasn't until, like, the week of Thanksgiving, so six months later, that I had got an office job. Okay, so once you joined Etsy and you started listing your products, did you know what you were doing at the time? No, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I had watched a couple of YouTube tutorials just on basic SEO, how to title stuff, how to fill in your listings. And I mean, I didn't fact check that advice at all. I kind of just rolled with a compilation of stuff I found off of YouTube videos. Um, It worked or like someone found me. So that's, yeah, that's where it was. As far as starting on it. I, I love it. I love it. And then, okay, so your first month, you sold out of your 10 items. Do you remember back then when you were just starting out, were you profitable? I don't think so. And I wasn't really keeping track of it like I was. I think my whole goal was to just pay off whatever I had spent to do it. And my, actively, I was still applying for office jobs to try to just use my college degree. So this was more just to fill my time. And if I had extra money from it, cool. And then I ended up getting an office job six months later. It was during the holiday time. I basically planned a holiday party for them, decorated their entire office, and then got fired. And then it was fine because the guy just didn't like that I was businessy and that I sold stuff to people in my office. And then I would go home and work. I would get off at six, go home and work till probably four in the morning, sleep for like an hour, and go to my office job all day. So I just. Oh my God. Because you had so many orders. Yeah. Like I was working every day after work. So it kind of worked out that I got fired from it. That you got and fired. <laughs> you yeah, it was whatever. fired, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a blessing now because I would not have thrived in that environment at all. So, and then I, w- I just no. was like, I'm going to no. try to do this full time. And then I did. So here we are five years later. It'll be That's six incredible. years later. <laughs> Six years. Oh my gosh. So tell me, okay, so you started making the reads. After you made the reads, what was like the second product that people were looking for? So at the time, my cousin had DM'd me on Instagram and had a photo screenshotted from someone's Pinterest account where it was a sign that said home, like with H-O-M-E and the middle was a wreath. And she's like, can you make this for me? And I was like, yeah, I need a project to do. So I went and kind of outsourced that and posted it. And that ended up becoming like absolute massive bestseller. It was on Etsy's bestseller list for two years. I had different color combinations. I think I did 11 different sets of wreaths in three or four different colors um, and styles of it. And then I got featured on Pinterest, like their actual, like, I don't know, small businesses to follow. 
And that's where I think I made four or 500 of those signs like my first year full time. Um, in addition to yeah so I don't really make any more because it was really heavy on the farmhouse theme that now I feel like collectively we're moving away from but I mean I still get a couple orders from them every month but that was obviously like four years ago yeah so and it still picks up Um, amazing touched it for years That's so. crazy. And just sends traffic straight to that listing. Um, okay, yeah. Here's my and question. It, Since you had yeah. so many variations, did you list each? This is what people always want to know. Do you, do you list them and then have all the variations? Or if they're different styles, do you list the different styles separately? Because you had so many combinations. Tell us what you did. So what it was, was the first home sign I made was a hydrangea wreath, which I had eight colors that I offered. So that was one listing. And I think I started doing it in just brown because that was the product photo I had from doing it for my cousin. I had a bunch of people DM me on Etsy all the time being like, hey, would you be able to do black? So I added that in. So we had black and brown. Got a couple more requests to add white letters. So we added that in. So it first started with you chose your wreath color on a variation drop down on Etsy, and then I added the letter color as a drop down. And then I got more farmhousey kind of with it. So I did a boxwood wreath with the three colors, and then I did a lamb's ear wreath with the three colors. So I had, and then you could hang it either vertically or horizontally because it had keyhole slots in the back. So however you wanted to style it. So then that's when I started on Etsy adding variations. So I had all three different listings of them vertically with the three different styles of wreaths. And then I had three more listings that was all of them horizontally styled on a mantle. And then I would just interchange Mm -hmm. the photos. So in each listing, I would have it be like, it's interchangeable. Here's how it's styled vertically. Here's how it's styled horizontally. Um, Then I had the bundle package. So people, people could choose like your one wreath preset and I would do a fall and I would do a Christmas and just sell it in a bundle. Oh, I love that. What did you sell these for back then? They were like, I think I started selling them at like 160, 170, but I did always do free shipping with Etsy. So that was factored into it. And the amount of packing material and postage in that was really expensive. So that was probably 50 or $60 worth of my price. So to get all of them. Wow. So how much did it cost you? How much did it cost you to make one? The letters were about 30. Paint was maybe like $5 and the wreath was 40. So about like a hundred. So I really was not making more than 30, $40 off of it, but I would easily sell 10 to 15 in a day. And it was my entire kitchen in my apartment. So I was eating just takeout or like anything because my kitchen was not a craft studio and we couldn't make any food in it it was paint studio like it was awful I had right. to move out of my apartment it was covered in paint and we spent three days scraping it off with like a cricket scraper to get all the paint out of the wood floor and on the counters and on the appliances it was awful <laughs> I'm so heavy from that oh, apartment like- Oh my god! You're like, sorry, small business owner. I'm crafty. Yeah, no, I feel like in the carpet. We've been there. I've ruined my parents' house. They're like, why is there glitter on my kitchen countertops? I'm like, I would just go craft there when they would go out of town, and they live in a completely different city than I do. I would just drive there to craft in their house. <laughs> so and they would always know when you were there. You like left oh, them there. Yeah, they'd be stuck everywhere. <laughs> 
That is so funny. My daughter loves to use like Posca pens and she would do her sketch oh, yeah. jokes. And literally the other day when her room was like, you ruined your, you know, your little makeup vanity here. She's like, oh mom, it's fine. Yeah. She's like, craft on this. And I was just like. Oh yeah, I just. I, like, cannot get all of I make crappy Ikea furniture, put contact paper over it. And then when I destroy it, just rip off the contact paper, go buy more crappy Ikea furniture. <laughs> like my table. Oh my I make Look at this genius. Yeah, so there's this $30 tabletop I buy from Ikea, and it has the reusable legs. So every year, I just replace that. It's 30 bucks, and I craft on it the whole year, and it gets so disgusting with hot glue or glitter or anything, and I'll just replace it and just go get it from Ikea. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're going to have to link that in the show notes because that is gold. <laughs> right there, y'all. Casey just saved y'all. Cricket mats, you know, that you can pick off the hot glue. It's cheaper than that. So I was like, okay, I destroyed these, so why not? Like, <laughs> craft tip. I love it. Oh my God. Okay, back then, were you still, were you working by yourself or did you have help? Oh no, I didn't have help until the pandemic. It was just me. But I was working probably 15 hours out of the day, living with a roommate in a one bedroom apartment where I was just like crafting and kind of. It was not a great. Did your sales time. pick up during COVID? Did your did your sales yeah. pick up during so, the pandemic? So twenty nine. So I started in like late or April twenty seventeen was when I got started, and then basically twenty eighteen was when I took it full time. And I was get I was picking up, and the home letters obviously were a good one. And then I got a lot of sales for Christmas. So that twenty eighteen was when I started doing Christmas garlands. So that was where a lot of my sales were. 2019 was busy because I got a Pinterest feature and then COVID I was really busy but I didn't really know how to estimate what was going to happen so I bought the home letters I got 200 sets right before lockdown shipped to my house during COVID and then I opened the box and like all but three were broken and I called the manufacturer and yeah I was accepting orders the whole time during lockdown for six weeks being like, Hey, just when everything opens back up, I'll ship it. This is basically a pre-order, but like I have your inventory. And then I got that package and was like, Oh, you know, like, Oh no. Like, so yeah, I think I had taken did they- close to a hundred orders, like during lockdown thinking that did they take like, it, it back? Was an R- did what? Did Sorry, they take you back the letters and no, they didn't during lockdown because I got them from a craft store and I brought them locally and they're like, you need to deal with it online. And they were basically like, there's no way all this is broken. It's been like eight weeks or whatever it was. So I just ate that money and it was a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. No. And then I had to rebuy them and make oh. these. Yeah, it sucks. I also do um, these particular floral wreaths from Michael's and I order right from their distribution center. And they sent me the wrong box during COVID as well. And like that was just a mess. So I didn't get any of my materials. So yeah, I went to bought out all the craft stores locally, anywhere in an hour range from the city I was in. And it took me like two weeks of just wow. driving every single day to buy everything to make up for all the inventory that I lost during COVID. But like obviously wow. I bought all so of like- it. So at the time I couldn't I ate that money from the inventory, but I also couldn't refund anyone because I had spent all the money on the inventory. I held it for two months through Etsy and like I've rebought inventory. So it was really messy for me during that time. Yeah. So But like looking back, what's the lesson that you move 
like take from that? I never took anything. Yeah, the lesson was I never took anything on a pre-order. If I didn't physically have it in my possession, that was in good condition, that all I needed to do was carve out, you know, 30 minutes an hour to make that product to never, ever, ever sell anything. And that was a lesson. I didn't have any problems for me because I just communicated with all of my customers, told them exactly what happened. You know, I pre-typed a message and everyone was cool about it. And if they, I don't think I had anyone that asked for like a cancellation or refund, but if they did, I would have done it. But everyone was really understanding. That's amazing. If you're ever in a bind like that, just communicate honestly. And that's kind of like my advice about it. And I mean, it was lockdown to know what was going on anyways. So everyone was really, really nice. I'm sure if I had sold something like masks that people were like urgently wanting at the time, that might've been more problematic, but this is just people at home. They're looking at their walls and be like, this is bare. Like, what can I do to, you know, make it more fancy. Right. So. No. And I think that's a great lesson that other people can learn from. It's like, and it's hard because you're in something seasonal. And so some people mm-hmm. do want to pre-order for the next season. Right. Yep. So now how far ahead do you, order like how many seasons ahead are you working now so I basically work I buy everything locally from craft stores or ordering from craft outlet websites is how I get the majority of my materials so about one season ahead so for spring I really start that the week of Christmas for summer is my least busy time but patriotic stuff is really all I make during that time and I'll start that in May for fall and Halloween, I'll start either late July or August. And then for Christmas, all of my lines posted by like mid-October. But I start ordering like nice. for Christmas in like July. But I also will buy a lot of stuff. So like when the craft stores have like 60 to 90% off at the end of the year, I'll pre-buy a stash make that during the summer and those will be my first listings to go and then once the craft stores kind of start putting out christmas items in like august i'll add additional line because i'll usually sell out of my first i like stashed set and that's my kind of way i handle it okay how come have you looked into like wholesale suppliers since you're buying such large quantity yeah I have. It's just not really worked out for me before. And every time that I've, weirdly enough, if I sell something and like one year I'll sell, I don't know, 100 or 200 of the item. I'm like, cool, this must be an item that's really popular on Etsy. I'll buy 200 of it and then I won't move it again. Like the next year, like jinxes it for me or it's just not in trend or, you know, something like that. So I just don't do it anymore. And I think part of it is the scarcity factor where Etsy will tell you she only has three left. And or something like that, people really want it. But I've also been situations yeah, too where I'm like, how do you? Oh, you can ask. I was gonna no, say. No, okay, go ahead. You've been in situations. Yeah, where I've like for a garland, for example, I only had like a six foot available, and so I'm like, hey, can you make a twenty foot? And I'm like, I don't have any more of that material, but let me see what's available locally, and I'll send them a photo and be like, we can custom it to be this in our twenty foot, and I work a lot off of that model as well where sometimes it starts as an idea and then it just depends what's running through the season. And then we'll just kind of keep making variations of it. I love it. So it's good because you're also getting that customer feedback and when Mm -hmm. you're getting special requests. And if you get a couple of them, you kind of know what's trending. How do you keep up with the trends, Casey? Where do you look? What magazines do you like? Like, how do you follow trends like that? Pinterest a lot and Instagram just to kind of see. I'll start like months in advance. So like if we pick a holiday, for example, for fall, I'll start usually in the summer where it's my kind of dead 
not dead season, but the least busy I am throughout the year and just really start prepping for the year. Just looking at tablescapes or different designs, what was trending last year, also the Pantone colors, um, a lot of YouTube videos that people put out or trainers like yourself that also send out just a bunch of marketing materials about what's going to be on trend. And then also, mm -hmm. I mean, I know this year that the color was magenta and I haven't found any of that locally. So sometimes it's hard to like capitalize on it without custom ordering all this stuff, but you don't really know if that's going to take off just because that color's trending. So it just depends, but I will start yeah. heavily Pinterest and Instagram trying to see. Yeah. And then a lot of it's times because for the color Oh, I was going to say a lot of times I'll post Instagram stories of polls. So for anyone that follows me, I'll be like, which do you like more? Which color scheme? Just variations of that. And that's where I get a lot of my feedback. Because almost, I would say nine times out of 10, the one that I think is going to do well, never does well in the poll. And it's always the other one. I'm like, cool. I'm glad I've asked because what I thought was going to trend is not what like customer base wants. So... Uh, and that is genius right there. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting about colors. And I think a lot of it is location. Yeah. Because, like, some people that are inside that's Accelerator, they're like, we're not seeing pink. We're not seeing pink. And literally the stores here are packed with the magenta, the hot pink for uh, all the boutiques have it right now. And then even Christmas, all it was was hot pink Christmas tree, hot hot pink garlands, hot pink everything. But some cities didn't have it. So I think that's fascinating. Well, and it really depends. And I feel like that's a, I mean, now compared to before, I'm doing more custom decor than anything else. And it's always just, I can't find anything similar. Can you make it for me? And I always, when I get a message, it's like, I need to go run to the store or like look online and see what's available before I promise you anything. Because I can't guarantee either that I'm going to have that color scheme so yeah. that's my approach. Yes. Okay. So you joined Etsy Accelerator about a year ago, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Mm -hmm. it flew by. And yeah. so <laughs> looking back before you started and then taking what you learned, how far have you come since then? So before I joined Etsy Accelerator, I probably had maybe four or five listings that would repeat sell all the time. And that's basically the bulk of what I was making. And it's because you know, just the Etsy algorithm, it was knowing it was selling, it was selling every single day. So it was just getting a boost. But I all my new product line and stuff, I wasn't moving it anymore. And I didn't really understand why. So I thought that would be an appropriate time to kind of join a program to learn what it was. And it was definitely my SEO and the way that I was wording things was just too vague. Like I was just putting like floral wreath or like white wreath, you know, and there'd be 10,000 of that listing. So I just wasn't picking up. So that's really what yeah. I got the most out of Accelerator was how to narrow it down to kind of be in a niche or like, and I still get help with you guys every single week for it of figuring out what other ways can, and I'm terrible at it, but like, what can I call this to fit in another market to like advertise for me? Yes. <laughs> yes it's so. all about reaching that customer. I mean, it, like you said, is it, are they searching farmhouse style? Or are they searching Magnolia? Like what are they searching? I think, and I think know, that changes too because some of the like same items that, yeah, have sold for years. It stops because that term is not trending anymore. But like when I'll post it in accelerator and you guys will help me tweak it, I'll start reselling it again in bulk because it's just, you need to change the terminology to kind of like what we're using now, but the item's the same. 
Or like if you Yes, that is so fascinating. Yeah. Or if you flip your listing photo sometimes. Like I know for a while I was only when I was talking about the home signs, a lot of times I was selling horizontal ones all the time. So I flipped them all to vertical and then they were selling a whole another batch of it. So it's just sometimes the way it's styled can just change it up. Yeah, it's amazing. Same product. Like you have sold these same products for years. And so those small changes, I love it. Okay, revenue wise, people always want to know, how much do you make a month? It depends. I mean, I've had months where I've made $1,000 and I've had months where I've made $10,000. So it varies. Amazing. Yeah. 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 What's uh, your best, best season? Is it Christmas? Uh, Probably spring, honestly, and then fall to fall Christmas. But probably spring, I think, is probably my best. Yeah. So you're about to go into your busy season. It's a longer season, too. So my mm-hmm. spring stuff really sells from late January all the way up to early May, where it's just pretty regular. And then it dies off for me in about Memorial Day. Basically, school, like what people would go to school, is like my busy season. And then yeah. August, yeah. we'll start picking up with fall. What do you do during the summertime, during your downtime? So during my downtime this past year, I didn't have really anything to do from May to August. So I decided to go to real estate school. So also here locally in Austin, I do real estate now full-time in addition to my Etsy full-time. And then I can do, I'm certified to do leasing as well. So I can do that anywhere in the U.S. So I do that. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You love to be busy. I am. I like to be busy. It doesn't feel too hard, like work to me. Like I thoroughly enjoy it. Also around that time, I started doing more interior decorating and staging, which I offer packages on my Etsy and on my website as well. So I also kind of channel that into the real estate business. So it's all kind of themed in some way or another. (laughs) So yeah. But yeah, it's all related. It really is. I do both every day. (laughs) Every day. And it's all designed. You know, yeah, it's design. And I'm fully self-taught. Like I've never like, taken a design class or like even a Michael's craft class, nothing. I just started looking it up on the internet and just did it. Like <laughs> That's amazing. And now it's your job. It's both yeah. your jobs. Yep. It's great. I'm very blessed. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a team? Do you have a team, Casey? Nope. Just me. Occasionally when I get really busy, one of my, uh, so I live in Austin, but everyone I know, including my family lives in San Antonio, which is about an hour and a half apart from each other. It's like Baton Rouge, New Orleans type situation. Yeah. And sometimes my friends will come up and help me or my mom sometimes will do that. So it depends. Yeah. Like I'll just pay my friends sometimes if I get a really big bump of orders to kind of help me but I, I don't trust anyone else because it's all handmade so like it's just never the same when anyone else does it so like I'll have them cut all my flowers or like open up garlands you know stuff like that or measure out all my ribbons and then I'll kind of make everything yeah. if I get help you want it to put a lot of people say that they're like yeah. I don't want anyone else like I want to be quality it's control. control issue for sure I won't deny that for one second <laughs> But yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Social media. Do you have an email list? Do you have a Facebook group? Do you have a Facebook page? What do you like? TikTok, Instagram, what's your favorite? I have a Facebook page. Not very active on it. I've never once had success from a live. Really the only people that watches it is my parents. So I, and I've tried all of the recommended advice in the two Etsy groups that I've been a part of for years. It just doesn't work for me. I don't know. (laughs) It just, it just doesn't. But Instagram is what I use as well. 
I'm kind of random about posting. Like this past year, I've been really bad about posting. And then other years I've posted every day. It's just super random. Same thing. Pinterest, sometimes I'll Pinterest really hard and then not do it again for a year. But I think Instagram and Pinterest mm-hmm. are fairly popular. But um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, but what about an email list? Do you have an email list? I don't have it. So I have one, but it's more of just an, a sign up from my website or from my Etsy. But I don't send out emails on it because I just don't have enough people. So anyone that I do have their emails, I just send them an email with a coupon code for my personal email sometimes. Be like, hey, I'm feeling generous. It's Wednesday. Here's 20% off. Like, thanks for supporting me. <laughs> and then they'll like me usually. So. Uh, do, they'll like something. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, thanks for supporting me. I want to do an email list, but, like, that's my goal is to try to figure that out. And I am learning through, like, real estate stuff. We're heavy on the email lists for real estate as well. So I'm trying to – that's kind of my February, March plan is to figure out how to do email lists for both. But Instagram, I think, is my number one. Oh, my God, you can totally do it. I'm, like, active. Yeah. Posting. And people comment and stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. I love it. I'm so glad that you came on today and shared your story. And I cannot believe that you started a business in a day and you didn't even know you were going to start it. And you had three people knock on your door and be like, hey, I want to order it. They loved your style. That is so awesome, Casey. Thank you so much. Okay. So if you have any like words of wisdom to someone just starting out an Etsy shop, what would it be? I have a couple pieces of advice. It's never going to be perfect. So if you sit there for months trying to think that it's going to be good, you're going to miss the whole season of stuff you could have sold. So just just do it. Like no one's stuff is going to be good the first time. If I look back at stuff I made five years ago, I'm like, wow, that's embarrassing. But like people loved it at the time and they still buy from me. So obviously they're following my journey just as much as you're on your journey that yourself. So I think the only person that's kind of holding you back is you because you're scared of it not being good. But you can always improve. And people will know that if you make a good product to start with. So that's one piece of advice. And also, like, it, you have to have passion involved in it because if it's not, it's not fun and people will feel that. Like, I've definitely made things before that I've accepted as a custom order that someone else had the idea and I just was like, I don't, I don't like these colors and this just doesn't feel like my best work. And it just, it wasn't and I didn't resonate with it and I didn't want to post it in my shop again. I mean, they were all satisfied, but still, I just, you kind of got to feel it, I think personally and if it doesn't feel right then you need to kind of readjust like what your model is i think and no year that's really smart be the same selling handmade stuff online so it was a bad monday then you can have a good tuesday i don't know that's my approach to it yeah yeah no totally that's why we just say like keep posting get visible because Mm -hmm. you never know like you have the followers you have people who are adding to cart but when are they going to decide to go buy when are they going to get that little inspiration like oh my gosh I need that spring decor on my coffee table right now because the sun's out and it's 70 degrees and then I'm ready for spring so you never know football season for me is where I get super busy where men are at home watching football and ladies are like let's make our house better and that's when I will sell the most is Sunday late night I love that. So I sell a lot of sewing patterns on Sunday nights during football games because women are sewing. Yep. yep. Sunday nights. Bump for me always. <laughs> Sunday nights. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So. Well, thank you so much, Casey. So where can someone find you if they wanted to find your shop? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my brand name is Les Fleurs Interiors. I have a website. I have an Instagram. I have a Pinterest. You can find me on Etsy all under that um, for any of my products or if you want to follow along with me. And okay, awesome. And I will drop that in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jenny. It was great. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Are you a handmade seller and creative entrepreneur who's ready to amplify your Etsy shop's visibility and sales? If so, then I invite you to join my community of more than 1,900 Etsy shop owners on Facebook called Etsy Sales and Marketing for Handmade Sellers. It's where you will get insider access on the latest strategies for writing SEO and for boosting your sales with simple and strategic social media marketing while surrounding yourself with a community of supportive entrepreneurs who are in your corner every step of the way. Join for free today by visiting www.jenny-hall.com slash Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to see you on the inside.